Hi everyone, good morning. You're welcome to the Refinance Funnest Podcast. And we are trusting the Lord to help us understand His Word. We also trust in Him to um, bring so much light to that very um, aspect of our lives that we are struggling in. And then he will cause his face to shine upon us in the name of Jesus. I hope your weekend is going well. I hope that um, your week was blessed. I hope that all is um, working out for you for good. And I also uh, want to believe that sincerely you are growing in God daily. I think I've told us severally that this is um, this is really um, uh, it's going to be number one a very deliberate affair. It's going to be an extremely deliberate action. Yes, it has to be extremely consistent. I mean, it has to be so 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 consistent because the process of transformation. Mm, it's never easy it's not going to be easy you know anyone that told you that um, this was going to be an easy adventure I think that person lied to you I think I've said this severally but we are trusting the Lord that truly our lives will make so much meaning to him even as he is going to help us get rid of our excesses yes even as he's going to help us get rid of the old man in us so child of god today i came to um i want to talk about a man actually not jesus but uh, a man that truly was a christian a man that you know Represented Christ to uh, to his generation and to his his best of abilities, and you know, I just thought of you know coming to share this story with us, and we'll see how the Lord is going to help us. Okay, um, I just hope you understand that there is the Gentile and there is the Jew. Okay, um, we want to look at this thing practically, okay? Um, because Jesus Christ was uh, majorly Jew, or he was from the Hebrew background. Salvation as people in in the Jewish religion, a Jewish um, sect, as at that time was only believed to have come for the Jewish or the Jews, okay? Now, follow me carefully. Follow me carefully. You see, <clears throat> if you're not a Jew, if you're not from the Jewish tradition, if you're not from the Hebrew sect, you're not supposed to have anything to do with salvation. And I've told us carefully in my previous episodes that... Um, when we're talking about salvation to the Hebrew, I mean the average Jewish man, salvation to him before Christ was um, like a uh, takeover, like a coup d'etat. Maybe <laughs> to use that word. Yes, it was like, like a coup d'etat, like a very serious um, political, you know, governmental. A war when someone is going to come and fight the existing government, take over the government, and then make things easy for his followers. Yes, that was the mindset because from prophecy, they interpreted the prophecy wrongly. No one had an accurate understanding about what the prophecy because everyone was they were just religious, yes. They were extremely religious. So, when Jesus Christ came to the scene, okay, 
they were like, they were surprised. Ah, Oga, Oga, what is this that you are telling us? Aren't you supposed to start recruiting boys, soldiers? You are the Messiah. That's why it was very hard for somebody to believe that, hey, he is the Messiah. How can you be the Messiah? I am 100 years of age and you call yourself the Messiah. All I have been believing for the past 100 years is that when the Messiah, in quote, will come, the Messiah is going to do what? You know, take over the political government. And you have been existing here for maybe two years. You, okay, you, you are here for, for two years and okay, you, have, you have been existing. In fact, you, have, you are called, what they call you, uh, um, the carpenter's son. You have been existing and you are not doing any um, thing in regards to what we believe and then you are telling us you are the Messiah. In fact, highest we have seen is you um, gathering 12 reckless, you know, disappointed, frustrated men you call them your disciples. How are we supposed to believe you, sir? Amen. <laughs> so, so this was this was this was just believe believe me. This was it. This was it. No one was ready to buy into that idea that ah, Messiah, you're not recruiting boys. Are we not in a barrack? We are not training for the takeover. We're not. Ah, we're supposed to defeat the Roman Empire. If if I am here, if I am sure i understand my prophecy and, and wait i hope you know that a jewish i mean an average jewish man was a student of prophecy yes an average jewish man um had a clear understanding of the torah i mean the book of the law yes they had that clear understanding of what torah was about that's why you see a child of five years old will be able to recite the calling David, recite Isaiah, recite Jeremiah, recite Hosea. Pay attention and you'll be blessed. You know, that's why sometimes I, I, I look at our generation today and, and you know, a, a Christian will be in, 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 in trouble and then, and then doesn't have, I mean, spiritual backup. I mean, there's no scriptures, there's no word from his spirit to... And, do you know that Jesus Christ was only able to communicate with the teachers of the law at the age of 12 because of his background as a Jewish boy? See, it's not magic, but pay attention. Jesus Christ at the age of 5, I mean, I hope you know that Joseph, Jesus' father, was a devout Jew. Pay attention and you'll be blessed. And, and he morally, morally, he had a... Um, yeah put in a lot of energy on Jesus. So it would have been so impossible for a child at the age of 12 pay attention, not to have um, that communication skills. I mean, this was, it was normal. I mean, believe me, go, go back to your Bible history. Check. Amen. But there's something about Jesus. I, I think we have this situation all over. There are people you see and something exceptional just comes on them. That, that was just the situation of Jesus. But I tell you the truth that an average Jewish boy, 10, 12, 5, will be able to recite the Torah. That is sometimes when you go into um, what they call it now, the what they call it now, um, the Muslim sect. Yes, you see their young boys able to. Now, now it's just the same situation. Okay, but something came upon Jesus that it made him exceptional. Okay. Pay attention and you'll be blessed. Now we are going somewhere. Okay. So the salvation, the redemption, the Messiah talk and prophecy wasn't really what these guys expected. They saw something different. I think I've said this several in my previous episodes. They saw something extremely different from what they have been expecting or what they have been taught to expect. Amen. So when Jesus is, Jesus came and then told them that he is, or, or not that he is, you know, people started saying, we have met the Messiah. You know, it was really hard for people to believe, especially the teachers of the law. Are you telling me that those guys didn't want salvation? But they were frustrated at what they were seeing. I'm telling you the truth. 
In fact, they, they will never believe that someone will be coming to contend with their religious knowledge. Oh, God, you are the Messiah. What are you doing arguing with us? Imagine you are telling me that that, that um, uh, I, am, I am an old wine skin, that there's something called a new wine, and a new wine must... Are you following me? Pay attention and you'll be blessed. So it was so strange. I mean, I mean, the, the whole thing was so strange. And and you know, an average man will not like contention. So they had to fight Jesus back to back. Because what they knew all their lives, what they had been taught all their life was extremely different from what they were seeing. Amen. So 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 um, when we talk of salvation, salvation was was major majorly for the Jews and the Gentiles, I mean, any other person that is not a Jew, that is not from the Hebrew sect, was not even supposed to, I mean, enjoy what salvation is because, because, because the idea of the Roman reign has been an existing thing for a very, I mean, a very long time. So if you're not a Jew, you don't understand what it means to be under the cage of the Roman Empire, pay attention, you replay. So it was Apostle Paul that came, I mean, with this accurate knowledge of the word of God and um, by the revelation of the Spirit, he was able to expand that Jesus Christ did not only come for the Jew or from the um, people from the, the Hebrew background or the Hebrew, what they call it now, sect that he came for everybody. And then, and then it was, oh, the Jews, oh, the Gentiles. So it, it gave um, opportunity for, for the Gentiles to also tap into the multitude of the totality of Jesus Christ. Okay, I hope you're fooling me. Anyways, <laughs> there's a link. There's a link attached to this podcast episode. So, if there are questions, please you send it via the link, and then we will. I will, I will attend to all your questions by the message of God. Okay. So, our 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 podcast episode today will be um uh, centralized on Cornelius Peter. And the conversion of Gentiles. Okay, pay attention, and you'll be blessed. Uh, so, our our um, central um, uh, text will be Acts chapter ten, from verse one to two. Or, or we are going to read more than that, actually. But our emphasis will be Acts chapter ten. So, uh, so in regards to this, you know, the disciples and everything. In, in regards to this very scene that I've been trying to expound um, uh, many people pay attention, many people started having revelations many people started having um, revelations, a lot of people also a lot of people also had um, uh, many people had revelations you know <laughs> um, what, 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 will I, what will I say now, this is it Okay, this is it. Many people have revelations, but but um, uniquely, a man by the name Cornelius was recorded. Now, I, I hope, follow me carefully. I'm, I don't want to say a lot of things because I know some people are not going to take it kindly, okay? But um, while you, you are able to study your scriptures, you should be begging God to... Um, help you help you expound on some things to you okay now you won't tell me that it was only um one man in his entire generation that had a revelation about now, now don't get don't be don't be don't be religious don't be don't be too um prophetic or something now People kept wondering. I hope you know we we'll talk about revelation, about dreams. Now it comes in different ways, okay? Um, a light can fall on someone, and what you've been struggling to understand for years, you're just understanding it in, I mean, seconds. Now people get to wonder: uh, Is this thing real? What is this thing that the Jewish people are talking about? You know, people get to wonder, and and I think peculiarly, okay, peculiarly, God had to use. Cornelius because of the peculiarity of 
his position. Ah, pay attention. I've told you severally that for everything that the Lord will do, I've said this in my previous episodes, if it is not to the end that he be glorified, trust me, there is no need of him doing it. In fact, the God I know will not do it. Okay? Okay, Matthew chapter 5 talks about your light shining. And to what end was that light that men will see and do what? The, the end result of the totality of what God will ever want to do is what that is glory be seen. Okay, so you cannot tell me that it was only Cornelius. Now, okay, it's just like you're telling me that in the 10, 21st century, there is only one man of God that has seen Jesus. He said, No, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that to me. Amen. So, a lot of people might have had, but, but Cornelius was recorded because of the peculiarity of what God would have or God wanted to do through Cornelius. Okay. So, um, Acts the Gospel, chapter 10, speaks about a Gentile who was devoted to God. Maybe there were other Gentiles, but their devotion to God was not as loud as Cornelius. Now, the Bible speaking about Noah. He said that Noah found favor in the sight of the Lord. And that, 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 you could see how the Lord picked interest in Noah because of the peculiarity of his genuineness to God. Okay. A lot of people were there. And I know some people were, ah, come, Noah, are you, are you right? No, are you accurate? Are you sure? Some people were doubting. Some were outrightly denying, I mean, rejecting the offer. Some people were considering, come on, is it, is, it, is it right? So at the end, it was only his family that believed in him. Now pay attention and you'll be blessed. Pay attention. So there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who pay attention, feared God, and with all his household, who gave arms generously to people, and prayed to God always consistently. So, Caesarea was um, a predominated Roman city on the shores of the Mediterranean in Judea, okay? So, it was the headquarter of the Roman governor of the province of, of Judea. So, archaeologists have discovered a stone from a building in Caesarea inscribed with the name Pontius Pilate. That's actually not necessary. Uh, so, Cornelius was um, an officer in the Roman army, a patriotic Jew, okay, of that day would naturally dislike or even hate him. Now, Cornelius was a Roman, an officer in the Roman army, okay? A, a, a high-ranking, I mean, very high-ranking officer. Pay attention. Now, a patriotic, I think I've explained this earlier, Jew. Now, Jew had nothing to do with Gentiles. So when we talk about salvation, it is for the Jew and not for the Gentiles. According to all they knew, and all, I think I, 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 made, I took my time to explain this, okay? So... Um, Cornelius maybe heard about it. I think I, I think I've explained this. He, he, he might have been contemplating, and you know, you know, is this God? Is this God they are talking about? True? <laughs> How can they? Which God is this? So, as a typical Roman, he had been exposed to Roman gods, Jupiter, or God Zeus, Mars, Venus. I mean, these are. The, the varieties of the Roman God. So he had he had varieties to choose from. <laughs> if he wanted to serve. But uh, the guy was like, come, God, the God of now God. <laughs> so this God can be so he was contemplating and I mean somehow he paid attention to his spirit and then followed. I think if you want to understand this very phrase, this very part, and then you should go back to my podcast episode on wooing of the spirit i told you in that episode that for every point in life you wouldn't say that god is not faithful no the spirit had blown shofars to the hearts of men but the question is how many people paid attention to the wooing of the spirit okay so cornelius paid attention so he might have been contemplating just like the men in the days of noah some people uh -uh, some people might have gotten the whispers of the spirit listening to this man but they were still ah do you understand me they were still not paying attention 
How many times will the Spirit speak to you, sir, ma, and you're still ignorant? You still choose to be ignorant. Pay attention. He said, but, but found they had been exposed to the enlightened concept of Judaism and they had become devoutly monetists. Okay, so pay attention. So Cornelius was in the category of what the Jew called God-fearers. Okay, so they actually... Cornelius actually feared God. So, these were Gentiles who loved the God of Israel. Pay attention. Now, they have heard stories, okay? Remember, faith cometh by what? Hearing. They are heard. So, out of hearing their faith, ah, follow me carefully. They were, they were, they were sympathetic to the to and supportive to the Jewish faith, yet they stopped short of becoming full Jews in lifestyle and in circumstance so, so Jewish people of that time respected and appreciated these God-fearing Gentiles but they could not share their life and homes food with them because they were still in fact Gentiles and not full Jewish convert okay now if you're following me you understand that I've been saying this in my previous episodes that it's not about saying to, to a Jewish man, you can't say you fear God. No, no, no. Have you gone through the process of circumcision? Do you? There's a lot of things, a lot of things. I think I think one of the time I was watching a movie and I was like, come. It was a Jewish movie. And, and one guy, what do you call them? Um, a zealot. Yes, that's the name. That's the name they call those guys. A, a zealot wore an apparel that was actually not i mean in the context of the jewish and a jewish religious leader was um condemning if i had to seize it from the zealot had, had to seize the apparel now now it's that serious that these guys pay attention to details okay how what you eat what you say the things you <laughs> that's why these guys did not like john the baptist because i, I think um Calling a Jew a viper at that time, man, you, you have committed a sin. <laughs> Don't worry, let me not bore you with that. So, so, so they, they couldn't actually share their life because of the peculiarity of um, what they were. Okay, so even if these guys feared God, but they wouldn't accept that they truly feared God because they were not actually, you know, they no, 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 they're not like them. Their tradition. They, are, well, they were not Jewish converts, I mean, fully. So, because of the way the life and heart of Cornelius is being described, we see a man who obviously had a real relationship with God. Come, come. These guys had a relationship at the time. Now, why? Oh, my God, help me. Uh, I, don't, I don't expect to deviate because I've not touched what I want to touch, but I want, to pay, I want you to pay attention to this again. And again, now this man had a relationship with God, and how was this relationship established? The Bible says that Cornelius prayed to God always. That takes us back to Luke Gospel chapter eighteen, verse one. To this end, Jesus spoke a, par- a parable that men ought always to pray and not to fail. Now, what was Jesus trying to do? To bring man into sync with God. Now, Jesus Christ came that he will, I mean, realign man to God. But for that realignment to be consistent, prayer has to be constant. Yes. So, Cornelius had a lifestyle of what praying always. Now, check out the lives of men who could pray always, who were always praying to God always. They had a life with God. So, at the same time, he was not part of the mainstream of the Jewish life. So, God sends an angel to tell Cornelius to get Peter. Okay? Now, because of the relationship with God, God had to appear maybe to an angel to Cornelius and then, you know, so, so let's read about, let's read about Acts chapter 10, verse 3 to 6. So, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? <laughs> so he said to him, Your prayers and your harms have come up for a memorial before God. Ah, I love this. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. 
he is lodging with Simon Etana, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. So we are not told specifically here that Cornelius was praying about this ninth hour. No. But it was the ninth hour, I mean, what, what you call three o'clock, that this vision came. So this was a customary time of prayer for Jews. So imagine he, he was observing these things. So also, as Cornelius related the incident to Peter in Acts chapter 10, verse 33, he specifically said he was praying at the ninth hour. So, so we are not actually sure. So, so this was not a dream, nor did an angel physically appear to Cornelius, okay? This was not a dream, and it was not a physical. So this was a vision that came in the mind's eye of Cornelius at the same time. So it was so vivid that Cornelius would later say, a man stood beside me in bright clothing. That's Acts chapter 10, verse 30. When you check, you're going to see that. So it was significant that God spoke to Cornelius directly, even calling him by name. It was so significant that Cornelius responded with a healthy fear of the heavenly and the holy. So this shows that Cornelius had a real relationship, I mean a real relationship with God. So probably Cornelius didn't even know who Peter was. True, true. But he knew that he should do what God told him to do. He knew he had to pay attention to the instruction God asked him. I mean, God gave him, okay? And he could trust that God was speaking to this one, Peter. Also, he would tell you what to do. Now, 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 now. It is one thing to say, ah, I have a relationship with God. I know, I know God. And it's another thing to be able to trust the speakings of God. So, a lot of people can doubt the voice of God because the instruction that comes doesn't resemble. <laughs> oh, God, you tell me to send for a man. I don't know. How do you, how does that instruction pay attention? Your ability to trust God, your ability to understand His voice when He speaks, is a, is a sign that truly you have met Him. Truly, you have a relationship with Him. So God sent an angel in a vision to Cornelius, but he used a man to preach the gospel to. So angels may help to connect men with God's appointed preachers. They are never allowed to do more. Now that could be some start somewhere. You need to just get that for your understanding. So in Acts Gospel chapter 10, verse 7 to 8, Cornelius obeys God's command and sent for Peter. So and when And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldiers from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. So Cornelius who called two of his household servants, yes, sent them to So apparently, the faith of Cornelius was extremely contagious and they there were those of his household and under his command who also honored and feared the God of Israel. So it is a crime to say that you fear God and then the people around you do not fear him. Yes. You see a man who feared the Lord and it was extremely contagious. He didn't keep it to himself. He had to, I mean, spread this life to everyone that was around him. Okay. Now, the same thing about Abraham, everyone that feared the Lord, the same thing about Noah. They had the um, ability to command everyone in their house, everyone around them, to fear the God. The fear now, now God speaking. He said, I know my servant Abraham. And this is it. Abraham has the ability to command his entire household. My God. That was that's a testimony. Okay. So on the other hand, Peter also had a vision in Acts Gospel chapter 10 to 9. And then and then that so as God spoke to Cornelius and as Cornelius sent messengers to Copita, God also spoke to Peter himself. So typically, this is how God operates. He speaks to several people about a matter. I've told you that earlier in this episode. Not just one person. So it is a crime. I mean, I've told you several. It's a crime to call yourself a prophetic generation. And then when we go to church, like a Sunday morning like this, one person will only be prophesying. 
and the rest don't have a clue about what he said. Now, let me tell you the truth. If God is speaking, there has to be witnesses. I mean, I mean, I mean, as God is speaking, there has to be witnesses. I'm not saying that um, the body of Christ is disordered or disorganized. No, 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 no. Ah, there should be confirmations. Yes. Oh, the Lord is telling me this. Yes, I can bear witness to that. That Now, he's even saying, now, someone should come and witness to that and then maybe expound on that prophetic word. Oh, the Lord will help us. So it is really um, toxic. It's really not um, healthy when we are having one man for the space of 60 years prophesying to his same congregation and then no one from that congregation can also rise. No, we are not fighting. We're not fighting authority here, no. But the truth of this matter is that if it is God, if it is God, he will be interested in raising invoice. Yes, he'll be interested in raising so many people not just about ah for how long some of us stayed in churches too we have had doctrines i mean 30 years 40s and have you asked yourself how long it took jesus christ to raise 12 men 12 men who could walk mightily in his patterns pay attention and you'll be blessed so then confirmation is provided i mean i mean confirmation has to be provided now imagine those guys went to peter and Peter did not say anything. Ah, ah. This is scriptures. This is, oh my God, have mercy. Imagine they went to Peter and then Peter did not confirm anything from the Lord. Maybe if I was Peter, I would have started running because Roman, when I see Roman soldiers, I know it's for task. <laughs> Amen. Pay attention and you'll be blessed. So confirmation is provided and out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a word is established. So you coming to be prophesying every day and then there's no witnesses. You should shut up with all due respect. You should shut up. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, so two men are 30 miles apart. They must be brought together. So in order that they may meet while Joppa is busy with trade and Caesarea with its great shipping interest and will know nothing of what is going on. God within the shadows keeping watch above his own sends the angel to Caesarea and grant the ecstatic trance in Joppa. So, there were doors brought together. So, in, in, in that culture, the house top was normally used as a sort of partial dam. There was nothing strange about Peter going up to pray in the house top. So, he was hungry eventually so this often happened during prayer distractions in our body comes as we try to direct ourselves to god however god used these very distractions distractions to speak to peter so i hope you know when you pray a lot of this peter was actually hungry very hungry <laughs> amen so in Acts gospel chapter 10 verse 16 verse 11 to 16 the peter's vision showed for so peter saw all sort of kosher and non-kosher animals predominantly displayed on a sheet-like background okay and like at four corners so then peter heard a command arise peter kill and eat so when peter became very hungry and wanted to eat he he no doubt regarded it as distraction but yet god used it by speaking to him through a vision regarding food so he his hunger has made him pay more attention so a voice came to him so we don't exactly know what this was like to peter so it is rare for god to speak in an audible voice pay attention more often god speaks to our inner man one as a vision can be seen by the mind's eye or the eye of the mind even so we can hear the voice of god with the mind of the ear oh my god this is beautiful Yes. So God does not need any sound wave to fall on eardrum to speak to a man. When it pleases him to do so, he can speak directly to one's mind where all sound waves are finally interpreted. That's actually by the way. So this obviously went against Peter's commandment as a Jew, which was not or which was never to eat anything except clean food. So certainly among the 
the like the all kind of four-footed animals while be skipping things and so they were non kosher kosher animals okay so he said not so long peter response was both both absurd and yet typical to, he said no 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 he said no to his lord so this this only legitimate answer to a request from our lord is yet i hope you know like i said i want to explain this part we are operating in a kingdom system and you can never tell a king no if you do that you're on your own <clears throat> check from scriptures Genesis to Revelation I mean Ezekiel was too wise and the Lord said can this bone rise he said oh king you know you know <laughs> you know <laughs> amen so you did not tell a king you did you did not tell a king no okay so uh, this was not actually it was unbecoming of Peter because the response was unlike him so Peter had a bad habit of telling Jesus no Matthew chapter 16 verse 22 John 13 8 compare Peter's response to not so Lord with Cornelius response to what it, now on that day it seemed that Cornelius was more responsive to God than Peter and I, I pay attention now we're going to be pointing out a lot of things in this particular episode in who is the man of God Peter is the man of God in fact an apostle apostle of Jehovah my God but then he was not paying attention so it is possible that a man of God may not be in sync always with God. <laughs> it, it might be that a pure member, I mean the congregant, are more sensitive to the beatings of the spirit. That now, now I'm, I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not saying anything that I'm not, I'm not fighting authority here. We're trying to, you know, come to an agreement. We're trying to come to sync with. A lot of things so peter had pretty much put god in a box of limitation peter did not expect in fact if you're going to read down the um the the letters of paul you could see when paul i mean formerly saul paul the convert was actually indoctrinating peter on this same lifestyle and you're like ah peter and paul who had more intimacy with the Christ? Now, now pay attention. So, this was really Peter had. Peter will not believe that. Ah, uh, uh, are you telling me that God is not interested in the Gentiles? So he will not believe that. So, and now God was going to shake Peter up to change his thinking. God had to do with his imagination, his mindset. Okay, so he can do the same with us. Shake yourself up. A little my brother shake your mindset up okay he could do the same so if you are too precise if you are too precise okay may the lord set you on fire and consume your bones of red tape because this has an ability to limit god okay so if you have become so improperly proper that you cannot commit a proper impropriety then pray god to help you be less proper for there are many who will never be saved by your instrumentality while you study propriety okay this was this was a, a, a teaching from charles Spurgeon. now please pay attention you can't be too proper with god mm -hmm. hey, hey. see it has been possible for ezekiel to say yes lord what if he said, yes, Lord, these bones can rise again? And the intentions of God was not. So the totality of you being proper, you being improper, you being over proper, you being too accurate, you being too knowledgeable. The danger is that you might be limiting what God wants to do, the king. So what if the king wants to kill? And because you are emotional, you want to say, I pay attention. Oh, this guy is sick, and you heard that your you read in your, your scriptures. You will lay your hands on the sick, and they shall recover. What if the intention of God for that person was not that he recover? That is why it's good to pay attention to the spirit. So, in the heart of Peter, these guys don't des deserve salvation. <laughs> so Peter was saved. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, and Peter. Had been greatly used by God. So at the time, 
Peter was still Peter. God didn't use him because he was perfect, but because he was in the right direction and he was available. Pay attention. Right direction, that is alignment and then availability. So we often fall into the trap of thinking that we must be perfected until God can use us. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for salvation. Thank God for redemption. Thank God for sanctification. Thank God for justification. Thank God for grace. Okay? And God responded clearly clearly, clearly to Peter. He said, What God has cleansed, you cannot call unclean. Okay? So, um, I don't want to take you so much into this, but I, I want us to strike a point. So, so uh, in the whole Old Testament thinking, there was an holy, there was the holy and the common, and the holy was made common when it come in contact with something common, and could only be made holy again through a ritual cleansing. You can see that in Leviticus, Numbers, you'll see a lot of that over there. So when something was made holy, it was called consecration, and when it was made common, it was called so at this point, Peter believed that God spoke only about food, but shortly God showed Peter that he was really getting at another point. So this was done three times. Okay, I don't want to take you down to it. So in Acts chapter 10, verse 17 to 20, God made Peter to be aware of the arrival of the messengers from Cornelius. Okay, that would be that for that, and then um in Acts chapter 10, verse 21 to 23, Peter goes to goes with the messenger back to Caesarea to see Cornelius. And um, <clears throat> and um, sorry, pay attention, you'll be blessed. So we can see um, the change in Peter's heart, by the way. He invited them in and lodged. So it's literally to entertain the guests. So Peter didn't just coldly give these Gentiles visitors a room. He entertained them and you know welcomed them. But that is actually not my point. In Acts chapter 10, verse 24 to 26, Peter comes to Cornelius' house. He actually went eventually. And then um Cornelius had a lot of faith in God. He waited for Peter to come, knowing that since God motivated him to call Peter in the first place, God would bring the plan to completion. So Cornelius' servants sent servants to get Peter or get a man he had never met before. Okay? So Cornelius didn't know Peter, but must have taught him to be a special man of God. So he fell down at his feet and then worshipped him. So this reaction was understandable do wrong so peter corrects corrected cornelius by saying stand up i myself am also a man i don't want to say about god i want to talk about that that would be a big a big episode on it own. so if cornelius should not give such reference to peter neither should peter re- receive it so significantly such worship is only meant for god okay significantly so Acts chapter 10 verse 27 to 29 Please, you can read this through. I'm not going to the scriptures now. Entering Cornelius' house, Peter explained why he came. So, so this is one of the shortest, yet most important passage of this section. So, Peter actually entered the house of, of a Gentile, something very strange to a Jewish man. Please pay attention. We are coming to the body of this entire episode now. Peter steps into Cornelius' house and then, this is actually very strange. A Jew had nothing to do with a Gentile. I mean, pay attention. Even if you fear the Lord, we respect that you fear the Lord, but no, no. We can't have anything in common. And yours is even worse. You're a Roman soldier extorting from us. Pay attention and you'll be blessed. So Peter actually entered the house of a Gentile. Sometimes something that is not common uh, common and extremely prohibited by the Jewish um, tradition. So by entering a Gentile son, Peter showed that his heart and mind has been totally transformed and that he had learned a lesson of the vision of a great sheet. So the principal subject of this character is not so much the conversion of Cornelius as the conversion of Peter. 
<laughs> oh dear man of God, you should pay attention to this again and again. Okay, and so sometimes we parade ourselves with um, we parade ourselves with um, too much knowledge, too much um, too much um, knowledge about God. But you know somehow when we check it, we are not really we're not really we're not really who we say we are. Okay, we don't really know God to the extent we claim. Yes, so the miracle here was not Cornelius. The miracle here was Peter. Because all his life he has been taught. He has been taught. He has been learned never to have anything to do with the Gentile. And him coming to that place was the biggest of miracles. So Peter had to explain why he, a godly Jew, who was also a Christian, had entered a Gentile's house. So he explained the message he received in the vision, realizing that God wasn't only he had to clear the air. <laughs> Yes, uh, please. Uh, uh, this, is why, this is why I'm entering your house. I, I'm not supposed to. <laughs> so that if the other Jews, uh, they will not go and report him. Ah, Peter, that we have to. Amen. <laughs> so in saying, I was told not to call any man unclean. So Peter understood that the vision was about people, not food. Thank God for that. But the principle still relates to food. So we understand believers are not under any obligation to keep. A certain kind of diet so how we eat may be better or worse from the health perspective so but it doesn't make us any more right with god so it's not about food amen <laughs> okay so, so jesus spoke on these principles do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from outside cannot defile him because he, he does not enter his heart but his stomach and is eliminated and is eliminated thus purifying of now you can see that in mark chapter 7 verse 18 to 19. so uh, paul knew this principle i know and i'm convinced by the lord jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself romans chapter 14 verse 14. so therefore he could conclude therefore let no man judge you in food or in drink which are a shadow of things to come but the substance of christ colossians chapter 2 verse 16 to 17 thank god for apostle paul or paul yes so yeah the connection between the unclean person and <clears throat> and unclean food were important so the idea of unclean food is not, was closely connected to the idea of unclean people so it was largely because of a lack of scruples in food matter that gentiles were ritually unserved people for a pious jew to meet social so therefore i came peter said so this confirmed it so if peter had not received this vision he would have never i mean never never traveled so god had to prepare peter's heart with a vision before peter would come so cornelius explained why he sent for peter so cornelius had to narrate his own story in acts chapter 10 verse 30 to 33 and then Peter to tell him that his prayer has been heard and your arms have been remembered in the sight of God. Okay? So it was interesting to note that though Cornelius was not a Christian in the sense that he was not yet regenerated or born again yet, in this case, God heard his prayers and had remembered him. So, so now Peter speaking to them, he said, now therefore we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by god so peter was living a preacher's dream his audience was attentive and uh, well prepared by the holy spirit okay now the 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 mindset of these guys were already prepared so it was not like um a shock evangelism no it was already prepared you know so the message peter was about to prepare to preach had a great preparation so peter was prepared by the holy spirit and those cornelius house those in Cornelius' house were also prepared to hear the message as Peter. So our blessings is greatly increased when we prepare ourselves to hear the word of God. Okay. So when you go to church, do you want to receive good message? If so, the best way to come, the best way to do that is to come with a prepared heart. So a lot of people aren't prepared because they um, they have had the expectation of who they want to hear, what they want to hear, and. <laughs> And at what texture, what tone they want to hear, they're not prepared to get what God wants them to do. 
but they have crafted so some people go to church and come back disappointed some go to church come back coming back angry some go to church and then they are just there okay so so in Acts chapter 10 verse 34 in Peter's short sermon he opened his mouth and said in truth I perceive that God shows no partiality this is just the totality of this and it was a short message but um, the truth of this message was actually expounded and we are very convinced that God shows no partiality God doesn't say because you are not this you are not that God can save anybody God can save anybody God can I mean in Romans chapter 9 verse 15 to 16 he was talking to me he said I choose whom I want to show me he mean he can he can mingle his, himself his life with anybody he doesn't have to be my God I love the Lord I mean I really love the Lord so what am I really trying to say in this now salvation is for everybody the Lord came for everybody minus the doctrine the mindset of the Jewish tradition God is open to saving anybody. I mean, irrespective of the things you have done. Ah, irrespective of who you are, God is ready. I mean, he's ready. You may be condemned, I know, but the Lord cannot condemn you. You may be um, exiled, but the Lord welcomes you with open arms. Oh, today harden not your voice, your heart. Hear the word of the Lord today. The Lord is waiting for you. The Lord is extremely open to receiving you again, again. Now, I mean, irrespective of the things you have done. Yes. I trust that the Lord will help us. I trust that the Lord will give us so much understanding that He will give us so much light. That, um, if we were claiming proper before the law, if we were claiming improper before the law, that the law will redefine the texture of our minds as it did for Peter. That we will from henceforth call nothing unclean. That we will from henceforth call no one unclean whom the Lord has made clean in the name of Jesus. Please, I beg of you, let your mind be fixed on the Lord. Follow the doctrines of Jesus Christ. Love all men. And the Lord will help you in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us for this great episode. Oh, I've been blessed to have you. I remain your host, Ebenezer Bass. See you next week.